0: to the Wise Men Say podcast as we preview Sunderland versus Coventry City this weekend at the Stadium Alight, which proves to be, yet again, one of those must-win games towards the end of the season. Uh, in the studio tonight with me, we have Richard Easterbrook. Hello. How are you? I'm very good, thank you very much. It's just me and you tonight? Yeah. I mean, it's a busy schedule before the end of the season, Richard. The yeah, games are, games are coming thick and fast.
1: Exactly, we've got to rotate our squad as as much as Sunderland do. So. Well,
0: there might be something in that. Uh, I don't know where to start. Let's start talking about. I know, we've probably touched upon this several times. I mean, you haven't spoken about this, certainly not on mic. Did you have a nice time in London, Wembley? I had a
1: lovely old time in London, and I, I mean, it, it was it was fraught with issues in the run up to the to the actual event.
0: Yeah, you had some kind of uh, issues at home, didn't you? Yeah, my, in the, in the best possible way. Yeah, yeah. No, my but my, my wife
1: very inconveniently. Uh, got uh, appendicitis and um but that knocked me out over christmas i didn't get a Blackpool yeah, away because it, of that it it completely knocks you out and but on the on on our deathbed which actually she's fine yeah,
0: by the way yeah. she's in she did not Yeah. no
1: no she uh, she gave me the green light to go along to wembley so.
0: and you took us something special down to wembley with you didn't you I you did. you working on it for a long time I did. it's a uh, i don't know if the listeners know but you actually made uh, a trade trophy didn't you out tin foil i did yeah and what was the reaction walking around London with that?
1: Well, it had I'd, I'd made the base as well um out of out of black electrical tape yeah. just for extra authenticity. Yeah. Um and that was a bad bad move because it made it look a bit like a machete. Oh right. And so did so, you have something like terrorist police kind I mean, of? No, I had to kind of secondary. hold it aloft and make clear that this is a tin trophy. Yeah. On the Saturday, on the Sunday it was fine because I was wearing my Sunderland shirt and it was it was you know fairly noticeable that it was a a, a football trophy. But you took um, it out around on on yeah, the Saturday as well. Yeah. I Took it to the live pod down at uh, the Brewery. Yeah, you did, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean I was, it was upstaged by the actual FA Cup, um, which replica. Came, Yeah. The the replica which came along with the uh, Sunderland <laughs> Museum that night and Bobby yeah, on Bobby Kerr as well. Yeah, yeah. It was, that, the actual Bobby Kerr that wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a replica. Wasn't a replica. But although that
0: would have been quite funny.
1: There could be a few though. Is there a business? Know. Do you think there's
0: a there's a a, a job in that of uh, impersonating a '73 squad member and doing like you know football presentations that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, we're probably now at the stage, like probably missed a
0: chance. Now they could have been doing it for forty years.
1: Yeah, well, you could you could just say oh, I was on the bench. And, yeah, you know, people younger than us wouldn't would have gone. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. then. Yeah. could have duped us all for years. I might start telling people did, I played Were, people, were people
0: stopping you in the street to hold and get pictures taken with the tin foil cup? Would you say it would be something people
1: should do in future? Um, uh, my experience of it was that I didn't get stopped. Um, right. And the only people... people kind that, of avoided it because they thought yeah, you were a bit... Yeah, the only people that did kind weird. of I, hold it aloft were, were, were members of the Wise Men's Day team. Yeah. Briefly, Stephen Elliott held it aloft. That's but good. He did it almost kind of um, like he'd been asked to do it. and oh, it, That he didn't want to do it. No. No. Um, which kind of went against the whole thing,
0: yeah. But forced fun.
1: Well, yeah. after After the kind of the, after the results, after the penalties, it it, it just stayed on the concrete. Yeah, um, that's where
0: it led, left.
1: Yeah, I kind of hope that he could.
0: He didn't do any kind of like ceremonial throwing it into the Thames or anything like that. You know, Ooh, it's mm-hmm. a long way
1: from the Thames, that was the problem. Yeah, so I would have still had to trudge through the rest of London with it. With it, and I just thought, I don't, I don't want to be opening myself up to that kind of ridicule. Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave it where it was. Hopefully, some of the Wembley staff would, would come you, in and. Did you stamp on it? it? It was stamped on when McGeady scored that equaliser. Oh, wh- um, why? Why was it stamped on when he scored the equaliser? Because another reason that I didn't hold it aloft during the game was because I was in, I was on level five. Right. Um. So nowhere near any TV cameras. Right. Which would usually capture. Damn. You know, a Sunderland fan getting into the spirit of things. You should have passed it down. Should have done, should, no, should have. You never thought yeah. about this. Enough it, about the the, uh, the yeah.
0: tinfoil uh, trophy. We didn't want to win the trophy anyway, did we?
1: No. Well, no. It was it was it was yeah. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah,
0: Mickey <your> Mouse. Cool. <laughs> uh, we had a, we had a good time. But I guess we start on there because we didn't expect the reaction we got from the lads post Wembley. You know, we had. We had the, the immediate game on the Wednesday night at Accrington. Then we went to Rochdale, won both of them. And then we had the game on Tuesday evening, which has been covered, of course, in the reaction pod, but we haven't covered it here on the preview pod. And it finished 1-1. Now, if you were to say to me, when I was boarding the tube back into central London after, you know, the 120 minutes penalty shootout misery, that we would bounce back in such a manner and have uh, seven points from from three games, I wouldn't have even believed you, never mind uh, taking your hand off. Uh, and we did, though. And, you know, Tuesday wasn't probably the result we were hoping for, but we found ourselves second in
1: the league. Yeah, I think we've reacted in, in the best possible way. I think seven points from nine is, is fantastic, really. I mean, a lot of the conversation after Wembley was, you know, it's a free hit. It was a, a day out for us all. There's going to be no bad consequences from this game. But that said, this could it, it could have an effect You know, Mm. they could send us into some kind of hangover from that, but Mm. there was absolutely no signs of that straight away from the Accrington game, um, going out and winning emphatically like that on that surface, then following up with the Rochdale win, um, coming from behind again to show show the character that they've shown. Which
0: apparently was a worse surface than the Accrington one. Yeah, yeah. For different ways. Yeah, I I gonna say at least Accrington was flat. Apparently Rochdale was not flat. Right. And that's worse.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's it's at that stage of the season now, isn't it? Even even our pitch is, is starting to show a few uh... Don't
0: let Spuggy the groundsman hear you say that. Well it I I, I I bet in the terms of the league we still have probably the best pitch though.
1: Yeah, yeah, you'd you'd have think you'd have thought so. Um I think on, on Tuesday there was a couple of bubbles, noticeably. Um <laughs> Dylan McGill. Yeah, well that that was one. Did I, he blame that on the bubble? I I would blame it on the bubble. If he could take it, i he'd take it. It we? took
0: not only us out of the game, but himself out of the game as well.
1: Yeah, he seemed was, to be injured
0: from that point as well, didn't he?
1: It was a bit of a shame for him because he's he's done he's done well since since kind of replacing uh, replacing Lee Catamol in the team. Mm-hmm. He's he hasn't had much chances recently. He's hadn't had hasn't had a sniff of the ball. You know, he hasn't he hasn't had much time on on the pitch at all. So, sort of get that opportunity, you know, in two games, make it a third, and kind of stake his claim before mm-hmm. Catamol comes back. He's he's kind of lost that chance now, which is a bit of a shame.
0: It is a bit of a shame, and I guess we're we're not. I'm not massively disappointed about Tuesday's result, but you almost feel like we, you know, we because of what happened in the previous games, our hopes were built up that we would, you know, take on Burton and beat the old beat them at home. But they've been proved to be a bit of a bogey team of ours, and there was even a déjà vu moment of that famous game which relegated us down to League One, where Mm -hmm. we scored a goal. And not many people spoke about this. I don't think we've even spoke about it on the group chat either, but. What was what, what was the infringement on the goal which would have sourced us two one up?
1: Well, I didn't. I was over in the east stand towards the south. so I, so I couldn't really see it as much, but by by the looks of it, it, looked like someone was backing into the. I think it was Sterling, possibly backing into the, uh, into the keeper. Mm. So it, it looked like one the one was that
0: that the, that the referee would give. Well, the referee didn't give us anything all night, so he's not yeah. going to give us give us that. A, a, a bit of a comment on the referee the other evening.
1: <sighs> I'm I'm just completely surprised. That that Jack Ross in the in the aftermath of the game gave such a a, a kind of a calm and measured response to the to the referee's performance because I, I still can't bring myself to to be anywhere near complimentary what, about him.
0: What was your favourite moment from the referee on Tuesday night?
1: Uh, the the our our corner. Mine too. Yeah. Mine
0: too. Explain this to the listeners who well, might it, not have
1: heard. It was I can't remember who put who ruled it out. It I think it came off one of the uh, one of the Burton defenders and it ruled out. Clearly for a throw-in, and I was in. As I say, I was I was halfway halfway down the pitch from it, and I just sat back down. And went, that, that, that's that. Then, yeah. And the referees pointing towards the corner. <laughs> the lines went kind of sheepishly agreed. And, well, yeah, he did that thing where he didn't really want to give it, and he just kind of like half pointed these flag <laughs> yeah. down at the corner. There's a
0: lot of that going on. I know. Yeah. Throw-ins, yeah. that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. It was like I'm not going to give this, but. But yeah, and suddenly saw Ledbetter trotting over to take the corner. Yeah. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, we came so close to getting that winner, of course. Uh, Charlie White right amongst it. Getting into the positions, uh, I think the second chance was a lot harder. You know, the the, the spin on for the first time volley, which hit the bar in the second half. But that first half chance was probably the best opportunity of the game for anyone.
1: Uh, He just didn't take it, did he? I think I was I was kind to him on the night. I said, you know, he, I don't think he was expecting to get it. Well, it, no, it,
0: was, it did it did go through from the cross from the right. It did go through a defender's legs, I yeah. think, and all of a sudden found himself. But he, you know, he's in the six yard box. He got to put that either side of the keeper, surely.
1: Yeah, the re, the replays that I've seen show that he had a little more time than I perhaps mm-hmm. thought he had at the time. And he could have he could have done something better than what he did with it. But you know what, Charlie White has been in the last three games for us ever since the Walsall game. Yeah. Um, He's been he's been fantastic, and I'll give him. He was one of our, player.
0: even though he missed those opportunities, he probably was one of our better players on Tuesday night because yeah. of his work rate and willingness to mix things up. He was definitely a handful for their defenders, and we should just say that Burton—they're not a bad side—and I don't think their league position is a fair uh, judgment of the t- the team they are.
1: No, not at all. Um, I mean that they looked like they were very, they were very. Um, professional in how they were doing things as proper league one side yeah. um without being too disrespectful to because oh. they were good on the break mm-hmm. but they were very solid very compact and um very organized they, yeah they knew every little trick in the book as well there was little you know the little pushes here and there and yeah. the, you know they the, the kind of had had um wyke's card marked quite early on with a couple of pushes and mm. left him on the deck just to kind of let him know that they were there and it was it was very very kind of like obviously, one performance.
0: What did you think of the late challenge on Benji Kimpioka when he kind of beat everyone on the pitch and looked like he was steaming towards the box and he was absolutely wiped out? A la Max Power earlier in the season, yeah. who saw a straight red for pretty much the same tackle.
1: Yeah, I don't think any of us expected the referee to give it. No, <laughs> by that stage, not even um, the free kick. There'd been a challenge earlier on where where he didn't even didn't even give a free kick. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who who went through who but it was it was clearly a free kick, nobody flagged and our players didn't put up a, an, an appeal of any sort so I, I, I kind of thought, did this actually happen? Um, Do you
0: think that's that's something that the side needs to get a hold of? Do you think perhaps maybe the, the captain George Honeyman needs to be more in the face of the League One referees?
1: I think there's a little bit of that. I know Jack Ross is, and his staff are reluctant to be that type of person to, to jump up and and appeal for a decision. Yeah. But you see it happen to us all the time. That you know just a little bit of a a little bit of, of reaction to it. Mm. But whenever whenever there's something happens right in front of Jack Ross, he never reacts. Mm. You never see him ranting and raving on the on the touchline, you never see his staff getting involved either. Yeah, I, well, well I would the, argue. with the exception of the uh the the uh was it the the Wickham
0: game. Oh yeah. I mean, I, from where I stand in, in the ground, I often see uh, Jack Ross's staff, um, you know, having to go at the fourth official and try and put pressure on that way. But really, what's, what's that going to do apart from getting themselves in, into a bit of trouble? And um, we're going to start looking forward now. We are playing commentary at the weekend, and there are no slouches either uh they're currently ninth in the league some interesting stats around them though so they've won uh, 16 drawn 10 one of them was against us of course away at their place back on 29th of september uh we'll talk about that as well they've lost 15 they've only scored 45 goals and have also conceded 45 goals and for scoring 45 goals that's pretty much the, one of the lowest um, scoring records in the mm. league. Uh, they're currently on 58 points as well. So, you know, they, they've got something to play for, though. Uh, and the no slouches, like I said. That, that, that last game, hit, guess what the, the back four was and that last starting back four was down at uh, Coventry? Can you remember what it was?
1: Uh, I guess it was Oviedo, uh, Flanagan, Baldwin, and. Matthews, I guess,
0: well I had to look this up. Flanagan, Baldwin, Louvens, and oh. Hume started for Sunderland that day. Uh, it was one one of course, Catmull um got us back uh, well equalized, didn't he, yeah, uh, early in the second half, and then there was the game where Lyndon Gooch got injured, but had to carry on playing because we got a couple of injuries that day, and he completed the game with an injury and was very blatantly injured and was then subsequently out for a few games after that as well yeah. um, he was so- playing up front as well, wasn't he? In the, in the well, in the end, he was like hopping, I think, mm. on, on 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 one leg. Um, the they say the no slouchers, um, but they haven't really scored that many goals.
1: Will that work in our favour at the weekend, Richard? It's it's a stage of the season where kind of any I don't want to use cliches, but what the hell, it's um, all form kind of goes out the window. It's when 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 two teams have got something to play for. It's it's uh, it's a different kettle of fish, and a lot of the teams that come to us um, do raise the game you 10-20%. Know, I know Coventry are a big club themselves and they've, they've been used to having big mm. games at big stadiums and they're, they're, their own stadium is, isn't exactly tiny as well. It's the second biggest in the league.
0: Just on that, in the last couple of hours, if you are listening to this on Thursday evening, uh, Coventry have confirmed that they do plan to leave the Ricoh, uh, which has been their home uh, since 2005, with the exception of one season away. Uh, they are going to leave in ground chair and that you know, that's quite sad, isn't it? When a football club has to leave their, their home, they of course were at Highfield Road for over a hundred mm. years.
1: It's part of the homes, part of the identity of a football club, isn't it, Richard? So whenever you whenever you see a club and, under new ownership, when they split the club and the the football stadium, and it's owned by different people and they're paying rent, you always start to wonder, you know, how long is that going to last? And well, I this know, is topical know, for Sunderland yeah. as well,
0: isn't it? Mm.
1: And it's it, you you get you do because you know our our greatest asset is is our is our stadium and the training ground and if we were ever to lose that or ever think oh it's a good idea to sell it off to someone else to raise some raise a quick book.
0: so I don't think it's going to be in Sunderland's <clears throat> case it wouldn't be an ownership of it I think it would be a, like a sponsorship yeah. of the name to then have their name in the the title like the John Smith stadium blah blah blah, blah, yeah. blah that kind of thing do you think are you are you personally a bit precious about that kind of thing
1: not at all not with the stadium no um yeah, you know, I was i was never a massive fan. I think I've spoke about this before. I was never a massive fan of the name Stadium of Light.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about when it was named, because it was kind of just... Bob <clears throat> Murray was like, this is my stadium. It's going to be called the Stadium of Light. Yeah. I remember, you know, 21 years ago, I was only a kid, but I do distinctly remember thinking, well, do you know what, I... I I'm not that keen on it. And I, because some people, a lot of our supporters now, have never have never been to Rooker Park, this is their stadium. So perhaps it means a little bit more to them than it does to us. But oh, I must say over the years, you know, it, it I have become a little bit precious of, of the name Stadium of Light. Uh, I didn't like it initially. But I remember being initially miffed at the fact we, we called out Stadium and there was already a stadium called that, of course. Benfica, yeah. I think, uh, of the stadiums called Stadium of Light. Um, so, but 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 I don't think I would be uh, against as long as it was the right or a, a, certainly a fitting brand to come in. Yeah, I, I don't want it to be like the B and M Stadium.
1: Yeah, that's the issue. That's I know we spoke about this a few a few months ago when when there was talk about maybe one of the stands being. It was when this when the uh, Rogrend yeah had, had come into being and we were talking about whether there should be sponsorship of the stands um, or sponsorship of the actual stadium, and my view at the time was that if it's a long-term partner, just like had, um have with with Manchester City and like yeah. the Emirates have with, with Arsenal, it's always known as the Emirates, even though it's it's never been known as anything else other than the Emirates Stadium. But what kind of thing do you think we should be as a, <laughs> as a club? I mean, there's one obvious one. Nissan would
0: be yeah. a great one, but you know... If things was been happening over there, you'd probably think that's probably not possible. I always wonder I never understood why they'd never been on the front of a shirt.
1: Yeah, it's all, I mean, we've always had that link with, with Volks and then when when the Volks deal ended Reg then, Vardy Yeah, as well. Reg Vardy, that was another Sunderland brand. Yeah. Uh we haven't partnered with the Sunderland brand since since Tom I'd imagine. Yeah. Um
0: Another company, though, who are doing quite well in the city. They've just built a new headquarters down by the River Wheel. It yeah. looks pretty swish. But I would love to see a northeast or certainly Sunderland or northeast brand, uh, if were, if we were going to do it. I mean, I'd hate to think it was like, I don't know, the Tampon Arena. And yeah. that's, or Tampax, that's the brand name I was looking yeah. for. You know,
1: um, I'd, be worried, I'd be worried. It has to be appropriate, if, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it, does. it, has to be, it has to be relevant and has to be something that, that isn't derided... Doesn't change every every three months. See, you know, you look at the the clubs that have had multiple ground sponsorships like Bradford. You don't had I, I can't remember who sponsors yeah. Bradford at the moment. In terms, yeah. of, I think it's a conservatory supplier or something. Oh really? And yeah, and, and it's it's. But it's, if it's a difference,
0: yeah. Richard, of you getting or pay, certainly paying for uh, Will Griggs' wages for the next two years, it's it's a compromise you've got to take. You
1: know? Yeah, and I was I was saying this on the on the group chat earlier that that. Our, our main revenue stream now is 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 the, the money that you get through the gate. Yeah, the fans. Yeah, yeah. and uh, obviously there'll be commercial deals to be done, but in the Premier League, the main source of, of cash was through the TV deal. Mm. So we didn't need to do anything like this, but now we have to consider different ways of bringing money in at the football club. Yeah, And if that means the difference between keeping someone like Will Grigg mm. or Lee Catanimal at mm. the club, we have to do a deal, but it has to be the right one right one for the club and there has to be the, the you know the right one for the city
0: yeah absolutely um looking back um at the the weekend's game just we we kind of touched upon it briefly but do we go all out you know do we does jack ross have to be brave you know and go on all out attack now or do you do you be cautious at this stage in the season and hope to get the the one nil win his critics would say he does that anyway But I don't believe for a second that the players aren't out on the pitch trying to not get that second goal. You know.
1: Yeah, I think I think we're in a good we're in a good situation now where we're not we're coming at the end of us having to play catch up. Hmm. Um, You know, taking that game in hand and and getting a point from it um, puts us in a in a more in a healthier position. You know, looking looking forward, you can see the teams around us, with the exception of Luton. I was going to ask, are Charlton a threat? I think Charlton are a threat. I think. Portsmouth are definitely a threat. Mm-hmm. You know they've got a game in hand. Um, they're playing Rochdale at the weekend mm-hmm. at home, and you know if if they win their game in hand, that'll put them above Barnsley mm-hmm. The wheels seem to be coming off at Barnsley at the, exactly yeah, I the mean time the, for
0: them. Exactly, they seem to survive Kiefer moves injury initially. But mm-hmm. I, I, I watched that Walsall game, and Walsall were probably the better team, and very very unlucky to concede that late goal. And of course, things won't be a little bit different at the top of the table if that result did come in for Sunderland, but. You, so you thinking maybe the dark horses are Charlton, uh, Portsmouth. Obviously, we're watching over our shoulder. But will the rest of the the people around us see us as the main threat?
1: I think at the moment, yeah, because we're in that position um, where the where the we're there to be shot at. Mm. Um, I think in terms of being bold, being brave. I think personally, my own cautious personality would say I'd, I'd just aim not to lose games from now until the end of the season, you know, there's not not many games left.
0: So how do you set them up then? Um, I mean, who do you play? I mean, imagine everyone's fit, and we heard today that, uh, the King, Chris Maguire, is back in full training today. That's very uh, exciting for the fans because a lot of fans believe that Chris Maguire is the link between the midfield and the strike force. We've seen Charlie Wyke and Will Grigg start the last game, mm. but do you still think there's a bit of a disconnect there? I, mean, I think Honeyman did quite a good job the other night.
1: I think I think Honeyman did really well um, in that supposedly left-wing slot, but I think he... he, he he's did. more central, wasn't yeah, it? he like was Yeah, he's like floating between yeah, he, he the he drift, gap. drifts in between in between the lines. Um I think Grig, uh seems to bring the best out of out of Grig. But then again, you know, there was there was times on Tuesday when White was winning headers and, and Grig was nowhere near him. Yeah. Um
0: so it feels like Do you think that comes from the 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 way that the midfielders set up? Obviously we were lacking Aidan McGeady, who obviously loves to get forward. Uh, and it'd be great if he was in the start lineup at the weekend as well, because then the team almost you know, go ten yards further forward. You know, I thought mm. Oviedo got down. play played; had a quite good game actually on. Yeah, yeah on, did, on the yeah. left. But you know, if it, if everyone's in that mindset of you know more attacking, you know, ultimately it's got to lead to more goals.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the times on Tuesday we were missing out the missing out in the midfield. Mm. Um, it was going very direct, and with with us going direct, we were, we were going long as well. But with, his
0: substitutions were attacking. You know, yeah, you, they were. Yeah, you know, every single one, mm. even Kimbiot coming on at the end. And I, who would I would still argue is an unknown. Exciting quantity who you could throw on with ten minutes to go or five minutes to go and just you know tell him just to cause havoc and he did and he he almost did the the other night as well so I don't think I mean I think initially on the evening Jack Ross's substitutions were criticised on on Tuesday but he, he looks like he's going to go for it and you mm. you know and you you're suggesting that the philosophy should be to to outscore teams from here on in
1: yeah I mean what's what surprised me on Tuesday was that that he did he did want to go for that win. Um, I was I, at every point during the game. I thought, well, we're going to get the we're going to get the goal by a hook or by a crook. We're mm. going to, you know, we're creating chances. That's the
0: thing. There was I think, the moment we went one 0 down to the deflected goal, and I didn't, you know, in past seasons it would have been like, well, what time is it? Is yeah. it acceptable to leave right yeah, now? Exactly, yeah. um, but but you almost knew we would come back into the game, and it wasn't long of course until we got the equaliser. Yeah, I'd, so I'd, I'd, to outscore, you know, you'd think you've got the, the personnel on the pitch to do that in the coming games.
1: I had my my daughter along with us on Tuesday, and I was saying, "It's fine, it's fine, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. We'll get this win." Um, it wasn't until about forty seconds from the end of the game when they brought on their third sub, mm. right deep in injury time. I thought we're not going to get this now. Yeah, but yeah, I was I was surprised that he. I think it was it was necessity kind of dictated that yeah. he that he brought on Kemp, York, and and Sterling, mm. and went three up three up top. It, it, you know, it it didn't ultimately it didn't work for us, but no. it, it did look. Because like the midfield, do you think? Something yeah, yeah, but there was just com- completely missed out in the midfield and uh, I, don't, I don't know if they'd, they'd trained with that that formation at all, but it just it just looked like would have thrown everything forward. Um, obviously, if that works, it's a great tactical masterstroke, but if we get hit on the break, which looked likely a couple of chances. Yeah, centre-backs,
0: yeah. A, bit, a bit dodgy on Tuesday night.
1: Yeah, I think... Would you change it for the weekend? I'd, well, no, I probably wouldn't because you'd yeah they're looking at bringing in bringing in Dunn.
0: I think Oviedo's doing enough to keep his place. Yeah,
1: I think so definitely.
0: Um he's one for you. Would you ever play Denver Hume at right back?
1: I probably would. Um I think because we, we've, got, got this, uh, we've got this we've
0: got this store never-ending story Luke Luca Nine is a, is a, the revelation of the season mm. uh, at, at right back. Um and it just caused a bit of conversation between fans because you know, he's obviously a very nice guy. He's very, you know, a great character to have around the club, and that goes a long way as a Sunderland player. Yeah. But obviously, he's not a right back. He has done really well this season, and he is a lot better going forward than he is in defence. But he does put his body on the line. Um, but would you prefer to see, um, you know, a, a proper or inverted commas right back there than Luke or nine?
1: I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Yeah. I'd, I mean, I, I like, I like. What Luke O'Neill does going forward, but defensively, I still think. And do you think teams are exploiting that? I think there's a there's a case of that, yeah. I mean, positionally, sometimes he's he, he's slow to come back mm-hmm. when he when he needs to. He he, he drifts out of position, um, which is great if you're a, kind of a, a a midfielder that that can kind of fill in the gaps here and there. Yeah. But when you're playing right back, you've got to be pretty disciplined. You you know you've got to be in a in a line with the rest of your defenders. Yeah. And sometimes there's there's no line there and you can drive a bus between the gap yeah. in the gap between with him yeah. and the in the centre-halves and it does drag other players out of position because positionally
0: well. sometimes they're you know
1: yeah and it, it, you can see other players kind of filling in for where O nine 9 should be and you, mm. you can see that there's a bit of consternation there and you, it, I don't know it just, just seems to me maybe I notice it a bit more because I know he's a centre midfielder playing right back but when you watch him play out of position when you watch him uh, out of possession yeah. you notice that yeah, it, it, there's, there's work that you could that he yeah. Could do.
0: Um, yeah, but you're, but you're saying we should you know set up and an certainly an attacking side, start with as many forward-thinking players as we can on Saturday afternoon.
1: Uh, yeah, I would, I would. I think I
0: I argue you they obviously they need the points, but they would take a point. That point would be a great result for Coventry, given the circumstances of our chase as well.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think we can completely close the door on four four two yet, despite you know despite what happened on Tuesday. No. Um, you know, I, th- I think we were a bounce of the ball, we we're a lick of paint away from from getting a you know, a com- what would be a comfortable win. Yeah, we hit um, the post a couple yeah, of times and then you know? the the wike miss early on, yeah. Had he scored that, yeah, it would have been a different different story. Yeah. Second half. So, you know, that that's four four two. It does miss out the midfield, we do go direct. Yeah. But it, it does seem to be creating more chances than it than, than playing four, two, three, one does. Yeah. Um that said, we've got we, we may have to take a different approach away from home, but certainly for the home games, I'd be looking to keep it.
0: And speaking of those home games, Richard, there is rumored and reported that up to eighty flags going to be in the Roker End on uh, Saturday afternoon for the first time I think ever attempted at the Stadium of Light. The mm. uh, Red and White Army have um, invested some time and money into getting these f- flags created with the, the the club on board as well, and they're going to be well, fl- f- flown um, before yeah. before the game on Saturday to try and help create that atmosphere. Just how important is a positive atmosphere, do you think, as we have the run-in towards the end of the season? We've got the club coming out with this new campaign, Fire Up Our City, and you have got George Humlin doing the voiceover on their very emotive video. Mm. It's it's all building towards what could be a wonderful end to the season, and it could even be some, uh, all done by the Portsmouth game. That could be a celebration after that. Yeah, Let's hope it is. And it doesn't go right to, to the wire, but you know, it would look great, great, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, yeah. the South The walk Sorry, walk around. He said South Stand. But
1: now, now you know that's been established for a few years. Now, as being you know an all Sunderland end, the away fans are up in the up in the guards now and rightly so. You know, seeing what what Burton did on Tuesday with with uh, however many fans they brought, sixty seventy fans, 64. 64 fans. Um, I mean, the the fridge could have come in a taxi, is probably. Probably. Uh, and the
0: guy I got for the halftime challenge. It was actually from the northeast, but a Burton fan, right? So does he count?
1: Uh, well, uh, I'm not having that. 63, yeah, 63, 63. yeah, 64 63. minus one. But yeah, I mean that that South Stand is a re- the work end is a real kind of kind of monument to, to to the home support. I've been in there a few times, and the atmosphere is fantastic. Having all the flags in there and just kind of creating that, that wall of support. You know, willing team on, it, and it, it will be intimidating can, to a certain extent as
0: well to yeah. away fans. If we have that, if we get that kind of, oh, I think what uh, the mindset is behind that—that that, that kind of Dortmund yellow wall, yeah. isn't it? That's what they want, and it it who who, who wouldn't want that? You know,
1: it can't be a negative thing. You can't view it saying, "Oh, well, that's going to be counterproductive." Or you say, know? like, "Oh, I don't like that." Yeah, I don't. Oh, I don't like that flag. Yeah, well, I've I've seen a bit of that on social media. A few people saying, "You know, that flag doesn't." Why is everyone
0: up. so critical about everything? I
1: don't know. I think I think. I've I've had I got into a little bit of oh have you had some bit of beef a, a little have bit you been have you been trolled? Uh, no, no, I, I just kind of politely pointed out that these people are, are, are volunteers, and you know, if you don't like it, make your own flag. Which you know, they're quite entitled like, to do. You
0: know, you went out and made off, made your own checker trade trophy. Exactly, you know. lead by example, Richard. You
1: know, I'd, I'd happily carry a flag into the the stadium if I knew that it was going to you know spare the team on. I think a lot of the the, the flags that I've seen um, over social media the last week also look look really good. Yeah, they, look, they do. You know, this the the drawn on historical kits you know, historical kits and yeah, and, and, like and emblems from our past and I think it looks it looks really good.
0: And I've heard in the pipeline as well there's more um pulls on the past as well planned uh for for the the vokement as well. So that's all going to be unveiled in the next couple of weeks. It's 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 all, it's, it's nice to put a bit of personality in the stadium, isn't it, which we've had for 21 years finally.
1: Yeah, and it's it you know, for me it, it it's the, the place I've gone to the most as as in my life oh, is absolutely yeah Sunderland it's, it's you know it's a major part of it and it it always has felt like home mm. but you know it, if it's taken us twenty one years to put a few few pictures up on the wall it's it's a, you know it's a bit of a concern I think it's
0: happening now though yeah it's, it's happening, happening
1: now and it, it's a great thing um, the you know the fans are going to get behind them on on Saturday it's going to look pretty good mm. um, it, 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 as I say it can't not help the team.
0: Yeah, it should be good. So keep an eye out for that. And wise men say, uh, as it's being called, but it's actually called "Can't Help Falling in Love with You," the Elvis track is going to be belted out before kick off once again, as it was on Tuesday. I think they've got the the idea from how successful it was at Wembley. Of course, it's happened before in previous seasons, but you know these things need to be implemented. You know the fans need to lead on these things. You know and just remind maybe the regimes or you know the ownership of you know what traditions we yeah. like. It's a good. It's a balancing act, is not it? Because it's a new era to a certain extent, but some things need to, you know, be prevalent still.
1: Yeah, and it's it's you know it's a season where where we try stuff on the pitch. We also, you know, everyone's trying stuff off the pitch as well. You know, it's it's twenty twenty as you say, twenty one years since we have moved into there. We don't play ready to go anymore. Yeah. I don't think there were any tears about that yet. Well, I think that you
0: was know. a hit at the time, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I hear it on I hear it on the I heard it on the, the the office playlist the other day, and I, I thought, you know, this, this this brings us back, but. Yeah um you know it's a a new history now it's a new page um i I like hearing i like hearing wise men say it was such a moment at wembley wasn't it yeah it was i mean i only caught the tail end of it yeah thanks for that richard that was my moment well i was i was fighting my way through from block 517 through to block 505 where i was sitting i was fighting through crowds because i knew it was coming on yeah so I, i didn't get out in time but i mean for you what was what was what was that like
0: um, it was a pretty proud moment. I mean, yeah. me, me and Bolly, Kevin, oh, Kevin Ball, uh, had, a, had a moment on the pitch because he was doing the piece with me on the pitch. And we just kind of like put our arms around each other, looked up and thought, wow, this is really something. And the players were obviously moved by it. Mm. And they have, they've shared it themselves on social media saying, you know, we were trying to warm up during this and we couldn't help but take
1: it in. We were yeah. taken back. And it was, a, it was a real moment. It was really yeah. good. the the videos looked, it looked amazing. Yeah, um, I came up during the tail end of the, the song and joined in and it was... It was, you know, 40, but wouldn't it be great to have that 000. every single home game just before kickoff? Everyone stands with the, the you know, scarves above their head. It's kind
0: of like oh, you'll never walk alone moment, you know, and it's, it's not contrived it's completely organic how that song came yeah. about. And, you know, it'd be really good if we could re- re- replicate that. It's and a
1: tradition, tradition that other clubs follow. You know, Sheffield Wednesday have um, Hi Ho Silver Lining, which they play just yeah. before kickoff. Yeah. Um, I think Crystal Palace do something similar. Yeah. Um, and it, it it really does get the get the crowd going. You know, and just, the players. Yeah. yeah, just that little silence just before kick-off. And just a massive wow. roar. There Off we go. go.
0: Well, let's hear a massive roar at the weekend. It's prediction time, Richard, unless you want to discuss anything else. Oh, didn't you have an issue with health and safety?
1: not <laughs> could it go into that? Richard's
0: scared about cars driving around the stadium just before kick-off. But I, I just reassured him that most of those cars, in fact, all of them, have to be uh, authorised to work, drive through there. It's either people with season ticket parking or... Disable parking, Park so you can calm down with that Richard okay I'm glad to hear it uh, Victor Meldrew over there <laughs> uh, prediction time
1: predictions I would say a tentative 2-1 two, 2-1 one. Two, two, one. One.
0: yeah it's wouldn't be unusual for that to happen I, I'll go along with that and the three points would be very welcome and uh, should see us sitting in second position still uh, Richard thanks for your time tonight no problem. Uh, just a reminder, you can go back and listen to the Terry Butcher podcast. I believe the first one's out. Uh, the second one's not out yet. I don't believe. No, um, not yet. Not yet. Uh, it's a treat. Oh, you were present for. Yeah, that. I, was, I was.
1: down there for that. The, the second one um, obviously touches on his his time as, as manager as opposed to just player. Yeah. Um, and that's that's when some real real good real good stories come out of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Worth going and checking out. Uh, The guys will be back probably post-game on Saturday with Reaction with James and then Stephen Gareth will be back early next week. Thanks for listening.